Hello, welcome to Tales from the Albright, a podcast by the Scranton Public Library. Today we are going to cover the history of romance novels very briefly because it's such a broad category and I tried my best to sort of incorporate everything that I could. We are here with Jenny. Hello, how are you guys? So what do you think of when you think of romance novels? Good question. They gotta be saucy. I feel like there has to be a, a, there's going to be some kind of steamy, not so much steamy, just some kind of, I don't know. What do you think of? I think it's just become so varied nowadays that you can't really pinpoint it. There's so many, like, offshoots. Yeah. I go into some of them. Aliens. It's weird. <laughs> it's <Right>. true. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, basically anything you can think of, I'm, there's a romance novel for it. Yeah. Sometimes they just become like memes on the internet and you just run across them. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> or you have friends that send you them and you're just like, well, that's what, what is this? Alien one. And then do your friends not want to read them? So then they ask you questions. So then oh, you're no, like, I have to. Them together. And um, it always ends up that I fly through them and, and they say, you know, we didn't even get to this part, blah, 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 and I just... See, what my friends do is they know that they can get me to read just about anything if they ask enough questions. Okay. So if they don't want to read something that's incredibly ridiculous, mm-hmm. they'll send it over and be like, look at this random thing I okay. found. They know they're going to get the cliff notes. Right. So when a person typically thinks of a romance novel, they imagine something that is a novel written only for women and is inherently shameful in some way. In derided for centuries, romance novels are a huge business. Anne Kellingberg summarizes the social notion of the romance novel as a woman's form, read in the boudoir, and bound to women's preoccupations like love and marriage, while more prestigious vehicles and publishers took on history and historic deeds. So essentially, it's a genre that is not often taken seriously, and women's fiction in general often has a stereotype of not being intellectual, and even more so if the plot includes sex and love. Despite this, they are consistently either at the top of the best-selling book genres or the second best-selling book genre across the nation, and typically, if they're not the first, thrillers are, Mm. which makes sense. The definition of a romance novel has been discussed by academics who seem to not have come to any concise definition whatsoever. The most common is a book that focuses on two people falling in love with an emotionally satisfying and optimistic ending. This definition used to include the idea of a happy ending, but the fact that there are some romance novels where good characters are ultimately dead or heartbroken means this had to be removed. It is a very genre that includes multiple subgenres, meaning you can find romance novels with essentially any plot that you would like. And common subgenres include Regency romance, paranormal romance, religious romance, and mystery romance. I know the Amish ones are very popular. When I was working at Library Express, there would be whole slews of people coming in and checking them out. So I know they're. Romance is typically written for women readers by a woman author. This is not always the case, though, as many early romance novels, or what academics consider early romance novels, were often written by men. And romance novels appeal to a broad range of people in any gender. 
According to polls, men have increasingly been reading romance novels, as they often want to take an interest in what their partner is reading, and reduced stigmas in recent years have made it more popular to explore. Do you want to guess how many, or do you want to guess the percentage of romance readers that are male? I'm going to go with a solid 42%. No, 9 to 18%. Huh? Between 9 and 18%. Of, really? Yeah. But that's only including books that are specifically romance books, not books with a romance plot in them. Oh, okay. So if you count things like Game of Thrones that aren't seen as romance novels, but they include love story plots, they aren't counted in that survey. So, and that's just the people that replied to the pool too. So there's definitely more. The modern form of the romance novel that we think of began to be written in the 18th century, but love stories have been around as long as humans have had the ability to write. One of the earliest examples comes from ancient Sumeria, and is known as the love song of Shu Sin. It is believed to have been written by a bride of the Sumerian king Shu Sin, who ruled from 2037 to 2029 BC, and was eventually translated in 1951 by, by Samuel Noah Kramer. And the poem tells the story of a symbolic marriage between the king and the goddess Inanna, that was believed to ensure fertility and prosperity for the kingdom for the new year. People always, I feel like one of the inherent traits of humans throughout yeah. history is they just wrote stories. Yeah. And since love and relationships are always prominent in any culture, all of them have love stories. Absolutely. It's like love stories and ghost stories are the oldest forms. So the first modern romance novel, do you know what it is? Um... Can I have a hint? Um, it is a woman's name, and it was published in 1740. Is the woman's name two names? No. Pamela or Virtue Rewarded by Samuel Richardson. And this set the standard for the structure of the romance novel that would follow after, such as Pride and Prejudice, all the way through popular novels such as The Flat Share by Beth O'Leary that are around today. Pamela Regis lays out the structure for the romance novel in A Natural History of the Romance Novel, which was her book. She states that there are eight essential elements in each romance novel, which are the establishment of the society the book is set in, the barrier to the union, the attraction between the characters, the declaration of love, the point of ritual death when the relationship seems impossible, the recognition of the means to overcome the barrier, and the betrothal. She also describes three situations that typically occur but are not essential to her definition of the romance novel, which are a scapegoat is exiled, bad characters convert to good, and a wedding party or dance. There always has to be some kind of dance. Or, or gathering. Yes. Yeah. I've read some recently. I think it's one of Emily Henry's. I'm pretty sure it ends at like a birthday party. Yeah. It's some sort of gathering they all seem to mm-hmm. end on. So romance novels tend to reflect the society they are written in. The earliest romance novels were primarily heterosexual relationships with white female protagonists whose main goal was to find a husband. This can be seen in works like Pride and Prejudice, where Mrs. Bennett's wish for her daughters was for them all to find suitable matches that could support them in their lives. 
Part of this is the fact that women in society during that time needed to find matches to secure their social standing and have a comfortable life. Around 1870, romance novels began to change to have more independent women as their focus due to the passage of England's Married Women's Property Act of 1870. Before that point, any property that a woman had automatically transferred her husband and became his property automatically. So if something happened and they got divorced or he died, it would automatically go to his heirs and she would have absolutely nothing. In 1870, when that was passed, it allowed women to have secure possession and income from their inheritances or anything that had been passed down to them. So that allowed more of a choice in husband and less of like people could wait to get married more so until they found love because they had means to secure wealth and property. In the early 1900s, romance novels started to divide into subgenres. Georgette Heyer wrote the first Regency historical novel in the 1920s and Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier is credited with making romance novels with gothic themes popular. The genre also took hold in America around this time with the publication of Gone with the Wind by Margaret Mitchell, which isn't technically considered a romance novel by most people who study romance novels, Mm -hmm. but since it is essentially a love story, it allowed the public consciousness and pop culture to grab hold of romance novels as a category. So they start to go from there. And that's when Westerns came in and all of those very American set romance novels. Starting in the 1950s and 60s, romance novels began to expand into settings across the globe and beyond. So this was in part to reflect the modern housewife who had jobs outside of the home. And the most popular novels of this time featured women who were airplane stewardesses or nurses. In the 1970s, the first popular gay romance novel was published. It was written by Gordon Merrick and was titled The Lord Won't Mind and was set during World War II. It was a three-part trilogy. Around the same time, Kathleen Woodowus published The Flame and the Flower, which was the first so-called bodice ripper romance, and these novels gained a reputation for rape and abuse as part of the narrative. So that's where the really, like, not great reputation for romance novels comes from, are, like, the bodice ripper themes. The Lord Won't Mind, as its impact as the first popular gay romance, that is something that you see a lot of push for in recent years is to have more non-heterosexual themes in books so it kind of feels before it's time even though it really wasn't in the scope of society but Yeah. yeah and then around that same time of the 1970s and 1980s Names that are still popular in terms of the romance genre, such as Nora Roberts, Daniel Steele, and Jackie Collins, began to gain their footing with the romance novel. And it also saw the rise of Harlequin Books, which is romance novel division of HarperCollins, and its rival Silhouette Publishing, which I believe Harlequin absorbed. Yes. 
And these books also establish the traditional romance novel cover, leading to the popularity of Fabio. (laughs) Yes. Yep. He is still alive. And I guarantee you probably looks exactly the same. Pretty much. Yep. (laughs) Down to how the length of his hair and everything. (laughs) That hair made him money. Vivian Stevens also was a major figure during this time. She was one of the first romance authors to support sexually explicit romance novels and created an imprint called Candlelight Ecstasy, which created a space for indigenous, black, Latina, and Asian authors to write romance novels. These novels were often categorized as ethnic romances by bookstores and shelved in different areas than the traditional white romances. And that led to massive criticism and backlash. Stores claimed it made it easier for people to find themselves reflected in the novels, but people of color frequently saw it as a way to other their romance stories. That's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, today they are all together, as far as I'm aware. As romance novels continue to gain popularity, they began to be sold in supermarkets, airports, bookstores, and more. This increase in popularity meant an increase in criticism, however, and these same criticisms have basically been the same ones that have persisted throughout the years. Mm. Romance novels developed a reputation for being easy to read and mindless entertainment. Germaine Greer was one of the most vocal critics of the genre. According to an article in Smithsonian Magazine titled, Why Can't Romance Novels Get Any Love? by Enema Pierce, Greer's opinion frequently suggested romance novels were submitting to nothing short of serfdom to their heaving, rippling fictional heroes, alpha males with giant pectorals, important lives, patriarchal views, and very little interest in love, until just the right petite, witty heroine comes along. She would later take issue with the happily ever after endings and traditional romance tropes. Since her critique, romance novels have consistently struggled to determine if the novels are empowering or not to women. In the 1990s and early 2000s, attention went to legitimizing romance novels as a form of literature to be studied. One of the major sources for this episode is A Natural History of the Romance Novel by Pamela Regis, which was published in 2003 and takes an academic look back across romance novels from history that go from Pamela through Nora Roberts' books, And she goes into her discussion of what she believes a romance novel is and then does literary analysis on all of them. So I believe there's seven or eight chapters where she does literary analysis and goes through the themes and tropes and structure of romance novels throughout history. And she has a variety of selection. It's in her catalog, so that's fun too. In 2007, Franz Lyons helped form the International Association for the Study of Popular Romance, which began publishing the Journal of Popular Romance Studies in 2010. Many academics study romance novels as a form of media or anthropology studies. They are often interdisciplinary efforts to look at aspects of the romance novels, such as an analysis on how medical professionals are portrayed. Which is something I didn't think about until I read the Smithsonian article about this. In recent years, the romance novel world has come under more controversy and criticism. 
Romance authors have pushed back against the traditional establishment of romance novels. The romance writers of America suffered a major setback when accusations of racism and prejudice resulted in the entire board of the organization resigning and a large number of their members revoking their membership. Most notably, authors took issue and shared their experience being excluded from the Rita Awards due to their race. There was also a major incident where the RWA attempted to define a romance novel as love stories between one man and one woman. The pushback against this included those who are part of the LGBT community and those who may be polyamorous. Or Robert, she wrote a massive letter to the editor leading to that never being adopted because she fought back so hard against it. So they are in the process of restructuring right now. Because of Nora Roberts. Well, because of everyone resigning and their entire board having to resign. Issues of diversity also continue to be at the forefront of the criticisms of romance novels today. While books are increasingly becoming more inclusive of people of color, LGBTQ characters, and those who have disabilities, the vast number of romances feature those who are white, able-bodied, and straight. In a report by the New York Times, only 6% of books published were written by people of color in 2017. Major book publishers state that it is a lack of authors of color submitting their work, but authors of works disagree. Another issue is that publishers tend to look at marketing trends when deciding what books to select, which means that if the majority of books that they are publishing are about white characters, they can then turn around and use the statistics from the sale of their books about white characters and straight characters to justify rejecting books about people of color and LGBT romances. And that is starting to change with the rise of self-publishing because so many authors are now self-published. Technology has also led to the rise of book talk, which is the section of TikTok where content creators and regular people discuss novels they are reading or they suggest. Yes, there's a whole subsection in TikTok where people are just suggesting books and creating book lists, and it's a major marketing. (laughs) Oh, I had no idea. No, it's a major marketing trend right now. That's awesome. Saving this in my notes. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes, I know they also come up on like Instagram reels because a lot of content creators from TikTok will also post on Instagram. Yeah. <gasps> yes. That's cool. The, or where am I? So with this trend, most of book talk focuses on tropes. So, mm-hmm. You can get on ones that are just like the enemies to lovers, and then it'll give you a bunch of books that include it and things like that. So with the trend of reducing books to tropes, they have allowed people on social media to recommend similar books easier. And in theory, this streamlines the process of selecting what your next romance read can be. But There has been criticism that it can be exclusionary or misrepresent the titles under each category as the genre they're written can move very widely, as can the context of the book and the text and summaries. But they all just contain the same trope. Yeah. So authors who have successfully interacted with social media 
and traditional marketing in a blended form include Colleen Hoover, which is why her books are massively on the rise right now, Allie Hazelwood, and Beth O'Leary. And they have all become bestsellers with their new titles and past titles. TikTok trends are taken into consideration when publishers decide on what books to publish next because it is such a driving force in the book market right now. With the stereotypes around the romance novel as books that are kind of shameful to read that are meant for bored housewives, BookTok has really broken this stigma down. And more people are discovering that in romance novels, you can find strong characters, good storylines, and a reflection of the larger society. So it's causing them to become more popular, and the marketing trends mean they're kind of more popular than ever. People are continuing to read romance novels due to wanting to read something happy, especially in times of unrest, which can explain the past few years in a nutshell with the pandemic and... Now there's war and, there was a lot and of time we yes. yes. Beth O'Leary explains this idea in a quote from an article titled "The Love Boom: Why Romance Novels Are the Biggest They've Been for Ten Years," published in The Guardian. She states, "In a world where everything feels unstable, there is something comforting about knowing the ending before you even start." When it comes to romance novels, the idea that things will work out in the end is immensely comforting. So that is my small, concise history of the romance novel. The one thing I did not cover, except for the brief mention of Fabio, was the romance covers. So my plan is, yes. So my plan is next year for Valentine's Day, I'll do the evolution of romance covers. Okay. And like I I told you before, I I do have a very large collection. Um, There were a few years where... People would buy them for me for Christmas. Um, the more ridiculous the cover, the better it was. So I've got some gems. Yes. I definitely do. Yeah. And you never know what you're going to find in a romance novel cover either. No. No, not at all. And yeah. I always love those ones that have like the second cover. Yeah. And it's open and I'm like, oh, those are the best. <laughs> they should bring those back. I feel like now they're in the place where they're doing a lot of like illustration and yes. cartoon covers. Yes. So yeah, and and they're kind of they kind of all seem the same. They're all very very similar. Yeah, it's kind of the trend. It is at the moment that is the trend. Yeah, it could completely change by next year. You never know what marketing sure. trends are like. We just know what people are reading and what's popular at the yes. library. We don't yes. really know the market itself. Well, let's talk about the frequency of some of these novels. How? Well, I know they have writers for them. They have mm-hmm. people writing for them. But how many books does Daniel Stickler have? I think she writes the majority of her own. How many? How many has she written? Let's do. Let's do a little searchy search on that, because it's got to be astronomical. According to Wikipedia, at least, as of twenty twenty one, she has written one hundred and ninety books, including over one hundred and forty novels. And she's been writing since. Will publish since when? The seventies. Oh, seventies. Yeah, let's let me see here. Five, her first novel was published in 1973. Wow. Wow. 
so I feel like in one of the articles I read, it said that the popular romance authors that are like mainstay staples tend to put out one or two books a year. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then with the short like Harlequins that are the paper, they're meant to be like magazine. Yeah. Um, since those are shorter, they are written much quicker. Yeah. So that counts towards a lot of their numbers too. Oh, okay. Okay. And then if you've written that many books, I mean, there absolutely has to be I, the, things from certain stories, and like, how, how do you how do you stay fresh? I think a lot of them go around the subgenres. Yeah. So yeah. they'll have like a paranormal romance series, and then they'll switch over to a mystery. Then they'll switch over to a contemporary. I know in the one article I read, I forget which one it was. All of them will be in the references, though. I. Mm-hmm. We'll have a whole works cited that people can go look at. Um, there's also a lib guide from Simmons University that okay. is in there too, okay. which points to a lot of sources and a lot of resources for people who want to know more about the subgenres and book recommendations. But the one source was talking about how romance novels often are seen as a genre that people can just kind of write. And people are always like, oh, one day I want to write my own romance novel. When it often takes authors a year or more to finalize and get established their main book. And then it's the whole process of getting it to publishers and getting publishers to pick it up. And it's much more difficult than people think. But it's one of the genres that people think that anyone can write because it's just like fluffy women's stories but it's hard work if you have any questions comments suggestions or anything at all please email me at aloney at albright.org that is a-l-o-n-e-y at albright.org or feel free to call the library at 570-348-3000 thank you (laughs) 